Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason. You already knew that. We said so in the introduction. Got a great show for you today. I've got Nick DeCastro. He's the founder of Land Trust. I had him on my Business of Agriculture podcast, and the guy has such a, a good entrepreneurial story that I thought we would extrapolate. And in the Do Business Better podcast, we would get away from just the ag-centric aspect of what his company does and talk about the nuts and bolts of founding a company, of getting uh, money raised through through, uh, you know, investors of uh, being an entrepreneur, hiring people, uh, building the business, all those kinds of things that we, the small biz, uh, the, the gig economy, the, the business owner, the entrepreneur all deal with. If you are a listener, of course, you can find me on SoundCloud and on uh, Stitcher and iTunes, all those places. If you also want to watch the Business of Agriculture, I'm sorry, the Do Business Better podcast, you can do that at the Damian Mason channel. Go to YouTube, type in Damian Mason channel, and boom, be a subscriber. Doesn't cost you nothing. You'll get great content. Okay, enough from me. Let's talk to our guest, Nick DeCastro. We just got to know each other and, and recorded the other podcast. You're coming to me from your office in Bozeman, Montana. If you're a viewer, you could see in the background, he's got a lovely uh, black lab that uh, somebody was just letting out to pee. Uh, small company. How many employees you got there? We're uh, six, uh, six employees and uh, five or so contract and sorry about the lab. He was barking there. It's trying to mute. Things. Doesn't bother me a bit, man. We're dog lovers here at the Do Business Better podcast. I've got Jack and Rosa, my yellow and black labs. Okay. Tell me about Land Trust. Yeah, Land Trust, super. Uh, the one liner is we're, we're a lot like Airbnb, but for hunting and fishing uh, on private lands across the US. So we're a marketplace that connects private landowners, often their producers. So hence the agricultural connection here. Um, with sportsmen who are willing to you know, pay to come out and enjoy the resources that they steward on a daily basis. Yeah. So as you said, imagine Airbnb, you want to go and I, I always thought it was crazy. I still don't want to do it. Uh, I don't want to go and sleep in somebody's guest room. Uh, you know, I, I was raised with um, the youngest of nine kids. So 11 people in an old farmhouse. I, my share, my share tickets got used up early on in life. I have to tell everybody that. Yeah. I, I'm done with my share coupons, but um, it's kind of like the Airbnb thing. So I'm a outdoors person. I want to go hunting and fishing with my, my children. And I, live in Denver or Dallas or wherever. And I say, boy, how can I find a place? I don't want to just go out to the public land. It's always overrun with people. I want a place that's just me. I go to land trust and there I do what? You, you search by, if you wanted to, Hey, I want to go hunt Montana and, and have that experience with my kids and my friends. You go search Montana and you see all the different places there. You find one that you like, you make an inquiry with the landowner and take off from there. So it's a, uh, you can almost think about it as digital door knocking from the comfort of your own home. All right. A digital what? Digital door knocking, you know, cause door knocking is how it used to happen. And, and uh, we've just made it a lot easier and a hundred percent of the landowners who live with us want to have you out. Which is All right. All right. So you explained the business and, uh, and if you want more dear listener or viewer, go check this out on my business of agriculture podcast about the actual nuts and bolts of being a farm owner and, and all that. But let's talk about the business and the entrepreneurial side. So Nick, you're a young guy, you were in sales. Tell us a little bit about that. And then this starting this venture. Absolutely. So, uh, 
all the way back, uh, started my working life and, you know, my teens, I always loved to work. I like to work a lot more than school. I like making money for the, for my time, um, which led me to sales. So, uh, started out in hospitality, worked for, you know, uh, the St. Regis down where I was originally from in Southern California, five-star, five-diamond hotel. So you have to learn service standards and the customer, you know, customer service is paramount, mm-hmm. which I think is an incredible foundation for a salesperson. Um, so, so did that, went to school in Boston. Then after school, went straight into sales in New York City. And I was working in uh, advertising and marketing technology companies. So I, I've pretty much always been a startup person. I've never worked at a large organization. Uh, I think the largest organization that I worked at was a like hundred people maybe. And that felt big. So uh, with, I'm, I'm, I'm really, the thing that I, I excel at is coming into a new market and bringing a new product into a new market and understanding what the needs of customers are and, you know, going into 10 different pitches and meetings and pitching it 10 slight different ways until you start to read cues from people and see what resonates, where are the objections, all that kind of stuff. That's what I really love doing. And it's really applicable in the startup because you bring a new product to life in a new market often, and you need to be able to understand what are the objections? There's always going to be objections. If there's no objections, something is wrong. Right. So people should have a, a reaction to the thing that you're telling them. And so, and then, you know, finding ways to handle those objections. So, you know, some people are just trolls. You don't pay attention to trolls, but you pay attention to people who are bringing up legitimate objections. Yeah. yeah. I love that process, you know? Yeah. We used to talk about in sales, there's the objection, and there's the excuse, right? There's the objection and there's the, uh, the, it's like, Hey, really, here's the issue why I can't do business with you. And then the other one's just an excuse, which is always usually money, whatever new product, new market. So I talk a lot about being an observer, being a former comedian, or maybe that's why I got in and had a successful career in comedy is because I was really good at observing. <clears throat> I think that a lot of business you got to start with the observation. You sat there and observed a need. So tell me about how you came to this thing of starting the Airbnb for hunting on private lands. Yeah. And it, 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 this is often the story and, and I'm a consummate uh, student of entrepreneurship. So I read, I read and watch and listen to all things entrepreneurship, particularly more in the technology startup space, because that's the world that I've worked in. And most founders and most investors are looking for founders who are solving a problem that they have themselves. So I started land trust to scratch my own inch. I saw a problem. Hey, I want to go hunt on that person's property or fish on that property. Got it. Why can't I do that? Why is this hard? Why do I, why why is it not easy for me to give them money to do this thing? I'm not asking for it for free. I'm happy to pay their price. It seems like an opportunity. And so there's two things there. One, you have some domain experience or expertise because you're the person who has that feel. But two, often it's, I would also recommend that it's something that you're passionate about and interested in because there are plenty of opportunities out there that are real opportunities to make money and build businesses. But if you're not passionate about this shit, it's way too hard to, to, yeah. to, do, to commit your life to, because that's what you're doing. You know, you have to commit your life to it. Now, I will point out, um, I think passion is an overused word. If you keep up with any of my stuff on social media, uh, everybody on LinkedIn, it looks like to me on LinkedIn, everyone is a ninja change expert, um, uh, facilitator, 
uh, people person who's passionate, if I hadn't said that already six times, and also um, they're good with disruptive pivots and um, and and passionate. Innovation. Anyway, innovation in there. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of um, hyperbole and horseshit, of course. But uh, the point that I'm going to make is, I agree that you've got. <clears throat> I'm not passionate about uh, you know getting on airplane traveling. My passion, if you will, was that I was driven to become self-employed. I was driven by, I wanted to be creative and I wanted to be more in charge of my own compensation. So for me, it was creativity and compensation. And you say, well, that doesn't sound that very deep. That's kind of, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I was in corporate. I didn't have a tremendous amount of creative uh, outlet. And right. also I was being you know, held, held back like, well, we just gave you a 12% raise. I said, I want a 120% raise. I don't want a 12% raise. Well, you just got to bide your time and blah, blah. And so I, um, I think that some folks, they hear the word passion and they think they've got to, you know, well, I'm going to work for swing line and sell staples. I've got to be a passionate about staple guns. Well, who the hell could be passionate about a stapler, right? It's oh, more right. like, I think you got to think the thing that internally feeds you, but it's got to be in service to a paying client. A hundred percent. So I'm not... I, in no way, shape or form am I saying like, well, I really like puppies. So I got to find a way, you know, that's not what we're talking about. I have a passion to build businesses. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing. Now it also intersects. I feel like I'm very fortunate because I'm passionate about the outdoors and, and I found an even greater passion, I think for, for working lands and the people who work them. Mm-hmm. I love my customers and my partners mm-hmm. and uh, yes, Passion is not the feel good every day. I'm happy. No, the shit is hard. And you know, like we've got to grind it out. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that underlying desire, you're not going to stick with it. Like this is land trust is the biggest fight with me and my wife, you know, like how much time I put into it and how yeah. to talk about it and all that stuff. Right. This is, I, I left a very healthy paying job yeah. one month before my first daughter was born, no health insurance. She wasn't working to, to mm-hmm. do yeah. So there's a lot of folks and, and you know, of course the, the person listening to this gets it. Um, if they, if they don't, that means they're still uh, teetering on the fence. There's folks that are probably listening to this and say, I'm thinking about starting my own business. And there's this thing where they say like, well, if you're self-employed, you just kind of do what you want. I'm like, well, that's a neat thing to say, but yeah. doing what you want doesn't necessarily bring in the revenue. There is a, there's an, ob- there's, there's an obligatory revenue <laughs> Uh, commitment every day. It is much easier to be an employee. Yeah. That's a, that's a statement of fact. It's not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying for a factual matter, it is much easier to be an employer than to be, to be an employee than an employer. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a fact. <clears throat> okay. So uh, big stuff here, new product, new market, and then it becomes the sales part. So you had sales. That was your thing. Um, I, I think that you've got to be able to sell stuff. There's folks that have really good ideas. So I want to get your read on this. One of the things I do when people that, you know, ask me, Hey man, I want to tell you about my idea for this business. I'm like, okay. And then I always say, can you go for a year without making any money? Yeah, but I got to tell you about my idea. I'm like, can you go for a year without making any money? And there's folks that really, I'm not in any way being mean. I'm just saying you might very likely have to go for a year without making any money. And during that time, you might take every nickel you have and put into this thing. Yes. And that's where a lot of folks, I don't think they get it that, um, that you're, you're all in. It's kind of like the thing in poker. Uh, every, every ounce of my, for 27 years when people are like, well, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, um, this is, this is, I had to put my own money into it. I'm like, 
every day for 27 years, I've been all in because it's all my own thing. Kind of the same thing for you. Uh, yes. And, and I've had conversations with friends who look, this whole idea of side hustle, like that's fine. I think for a services oriented business and if you're freelancing and stuff, but I think to, to found a company and will really, let's say the right word, let's will a company into existence. Cause that's what it grit and will. Um, th- there is no part timing. I did my first, you know, company that I founded, uh, 10 years ago, I tried to do like, Oh, I'm going to make my money and be comfortable. And I'm going to do this thing on the side. And like, look, a lot of things start that way, but there has to be a burning of the ships moment. You got to burn the ships of the shore at some point and marry yourself to this thing. Now it's wait important. A wait a minute. Wait, you, you just used a, uh, you just use a sort of a, what do they call it? A metaphor, uh, analogy, whatever that thing is. Uh, explain what that means. Because by the way, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I quit my job in 1994 to pursue political comedy. And I remember one of my corporate friends said, why don't you just, just do, do both. And I said, I don't know that I can. I don't know that I can. And he said, yeah, I'm ready to go. Huh? It'd be average at both. Right. Right. And I said, no, I said, no, I want, I'm going to go full tilt on this. He said, well, that seems like kind of like, you know, uh, you're not giving yourself, you're not giving yourself a safety net. And what right. did you say about burning the ships? Because some people might not be familiar with that. So burning the ships of the shore, uh, I think originally it came from the, the myth is around Cortez and coming here and, you know, he's for his men. He's like, Hey, there's no going back. They burn the ships at the shore and they're going to take the conquer. So there is that moment where, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that, Hey, start working on your idea nights and weekends to see if there's something there, start talking to customers. Absolutely. But there, there is a moment where you need to say, you know what? I have enough conviction in this thing and I'm going to hate myself if I don't try it. Uh, You know, Teddy Roosevelt had phenomenal. One of his best speeches ever was the man in the arena. The, the, the paraphrasing of the man in the arena is I'd rather be the man in the arena. Even if I fail, I failed striving. Um, and the people outside the cynics, they're weak. Yep. And, and, and so I'd rather be the man like, look, if land trust doesn't work, I know that I gave everything. I laid it all out on the table and just yep. didn't work rather than sitting when I'm 50 years old and being like, gosh, I should have tried land trust. Can you imagine yeah. being 50 years old? Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Talking to a guy that's turning 52 this summer and, uh, and have been, a, and have been on my own since I was 25. So <clears throat> here's the thing. I agree wholeheartedly um, that it's fine to be tentative uh, about it while you're doing your research, but all that, but there comes a time where it's to burn the ships, like you said, burn the ships on the shore and, and make this thing go. I also, I, I've got an idea and I want your thoughts on this. If you give yourself way too many different paths. Well, we might do this, might do this, might do this, might do this. you're committed to none. You, you know, the, the car can really only go full, full speed in one, in one direction. And I say the same thing about backup plans. It's always nice to say, well, I've got this backup plan. Well, if you give yourself a backup plan, then you're never really as committed as you should be to the one in front of you. Yes. Uh, no safety nets. I operate with no safety net. And it means you really got to fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's probably a lot of curse on your podcast, but that's all right. These people are going to have to deal with it. Um, answer me this business plans. I, I, if you, I always say, if you want to borrow money, you need a business plan because banks love them. Banks also haven't really changed a whole hell of a lot. They, since they, since the, since the ATM and the drive through window, they haven't had a whole lot of innovation. I don't have a business plan. Um, I would say that if I needed to get investor money, I would maybe have to have one like you probably did. What do you think about business plans? 
Okay. So I went to business school, right? Graduated the 2.3 GPA. So let's take that as, as you will. Um, I think now as an operator, I encourage people. So you're in more of a services oriented, you're kind of in a service oriented business and you can make the beauty of service oriented business. You can make money day one. Like if you said, Hey, I want to have a podcast and you go sell a sponsor. You can make money that day, which sales service businesses are cool. Cause it depends on how good you are at selling. I'm in a product business, which is a little frustrating for a sales guy because you have to build this thing before people can use it. Right. And then of course, selling is important. Um, so I, I, I preface that. I think it's very important, regardless if you're going into in a service business or a product oriented business or a technology company, the process of building a pitch deck, what we you know for startups, we call them pitch decks for investors. I think is incredibly useful regardless of whether you want to raise money or not. I think it's an incredibly useful exercise to sit down and think concisely about who you are, what you're doing, what the opportunity is and how you're generally thinking about it. And investors, you know, we've raised a, we've raised $2.2 million today. And that's over the last you know two years, not even quite two years. And I'm not saying that in any sort of like, way of bragging or anything. I'm yeah. just giving context. Right. Um, what we found is that, you know, your business plan, one thing that's guaranteed is a business plan is wrong. For sure. 100% of business plans are wrong. How they're wrong, you're not really quite sure. Yeah. What they do is they show investors, they show your team, they show other people how you're thinking about the business. Mm-hmm. The numbers themselves will be wrong. You know, oh, five-year projections. You have no idea what's going to happen that's my biggest problem is that they they want you and the banks love this. Well, oh, yeah. where are things going to be five to seven years from now? I'm like, hell, Uber wasn't a lot around five yeah. to seven years ago. Uh, you, you know, I can name every kind of thing that's completely disrupted since that's the overused word disrupted. There's so much stuff. What five years from now? I, I mean, come on. Uh, there's just too much to it. So yeah, you're right about that. You had to prepare this to get investors. Let's talk about that, Nick. Um, some of our people out here are saying, wait, man, this guy went and got funded. Tell us real quickly how that works. Sure. So start with the, you start with the deck. Um, you, some people don't raise with the deck. I think it's a useful thing to have. As a sales guy, I didn't used to like pitching with the deck, but it's kind of one of the kind of table stakes for fundraising from a technology startup perspective. So, and it should be 10-ish slides, not long. If you come with a 50-slide deck, they're going to be like, what are you doing here? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the first piece, and it really forces you to organize your thoughts. And I think that's the really important thing. Um, and then you go and you knock on enough, you know, you send enough emails and, and make enough phone calls to set up meetings with, you know, in the beginning, before you have a company, anybody who will talk to you. So these are called angels, generally yep. speaking. You know, yep. Capital at that point. So you, how do you find those people? So all of a sudden, like, did you just uh, start asking a few of your rich friends, like, hey, you're a rich guy. Uh, do you know somebody that has money that would like to invest in my pseudo tech company? Sure. Yeah. So I, again, I worked in technology for the past decade or so. So I, I have some connections to investors that way, but uh, there are angel investing groups. So uh, Frontier Angels here in Bozeman, they're an angel investing group. Um, and, and they've invested in us so that you can go and find these groups of angels that they self-organize and you can pitch them. And then it's, yeah, it could be literally be meeting people. Hey, this is what I'm building. You should be constantly talking about your company. And I know that sounds like, 
as a founder, you, again, you're willing something into existence. Yeah. And if you're not easily breathing it, I'm sorry, it's probably just not going to happen. Right. So my, again, my wife's so tired of hearing about land trust and everything. She can pitch you backwards, forwards, up and down. Yeah, right, right, right. But, and, and it's by taking advantage of every opportunity, reaching out, putting yourself out there. If you can't send a cold email to somebody, give up. If you can't cold call somebody, give up. I'm telling you this straight up. Or find a partner who can go do that. So maybe yeah. you're, the, you're the engineer guy or you're the person with the technology or the domain expertise. Get someone who can do that because you will go nowhere without that ability. I talk about those very things in this book. And I wrote this two years ago that <clears throat> you can say, well, I just, I'm not comfortable say it, selling. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I just, I just, I, I'm an idea person. I'm like, well, then great. Go to the homeless <laughs> shelter and, yeah. and uh, go down to the food bank and sit there and eat soup with a bunch of uh, poor people that are at the food bank and tell them about your idea. And uh, I'm like, what? That's, I, I, what are you talking about? I said, well, that's where you're going to end up. If you want to have your own business and you don't want to have to sell the, the product or the service, you're going to end up uh, not having a successful business. You won't even have one because business starts with the sell. Ideas are worth this much. Do you know how many people have said to me, oh, I thought about building that. I'm like, did you build it? I, <laughs> right. This is not my idea. It's an idea. I'm the guy that's going to execute it. Right. And sell investors to invest money in it. I got to sell employees to, to come along this journey for less they can make other on the idea of equity. I got to sell partners on it. I got to sell my customers on it. Selling is everything. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So goals. Um, I feel a little bit, uh, I feel a little bit uh, befuddled that the whole pandemic changing things and had me sort of in a funk. I usually every year at Christmas time set my goals and I do them in business, personal, and financial. Okay. And this year, I didn't get them done until I got on an airplane in February because I was just a little off because everything got so screwed up. I was a little off. And it dawned on me, I'm like, well, you should still, you should still really start thinking about what things you want to accomplish this year. Do you set goals? Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, from a business perspective, you have to. So now once you take, once you take investment, a uh, quick little side, it's not your company. So right. going back to that uh, Cortez thing, uh, raising money, it seems cool and it is cool and it's, it's gas, it's gas to get to where you're going, but it's a little bit like you're an explorer, you're Columbus and you're pitching the king. I'm like, Hey, I think I can go find this place. And there's a yeah. lot of rich inside of it. Fund me, you know, he, that king owns the boats. You're the yeah. captain for now. If you do a good job. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, I think that's an important thing to know. Like, I am entrusted with my, my, my investors money to steward it and grow this business and, and produce a return. Uh, if I don't do that well, I could be gone. Um, and that's just the way this business works. Um, so tell me, sorry, I wanted to get that point out across. Goals. Goals. Do you goals. Set them, I set them in, I set them in business, personal financial, just because that seems to be the things for me. If everything falls into one of those three categories, you set goals. Yep. So, so that, and the reason I brought that first point up is I have, we have to have goals. We have a board of, we have a board of directors now. And like there, there needs to be goals. We have financial goals. We've got growth goals, all that kind of stuff. That's a must have. Um, of course, personally, absolutely. I think it's important. You know, what's the end in mind? Our, my, our current board member who was a CEO I worked for at the last company I worked at a uh, fantastic leader. He always kind of drilled into me. What's the end in mind? What do you, what, what are we trying to achieve here? And then we work our way back. Yeah. The current. Yeah. I, I like that. By the way, I, I say that a lot. Also, I talk about the idea that you've got people that are all about process 
and you know, corporations are filled with these folks. It's like uh, all they can obsess over is uh, a process. And uh, I'm more of a purpose. I'm more of a, what, what the hell are we trying to get here? You know, my wife and I have been together for a long time and she's, um, she's like, you know what? You, you work pretty smart in that you're always like, what, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to get to? What are we, what's the end goal here? And uh, the process part of it, I, I'm, that's what my worst part is, frankly. Um, so, yeah, I think that's important. What about you? Process, purpose. I say there's five P's. Process, purpose, product, promotion, profit. Those are the five P's, I think, of the, of the personality uh, matrix. Which one are you? I like purpose, and I haven't read the su- – yeah, re- those are the headlines. I haven't read the, the subtext of them. Well, let's just talk about, okay, purpose, obviously, you know, it's out there. And then process, you know, that's the people that love to make a, make the diaper line run just a little bit faster so they can crank out one more diaper per hour at the Kimberly Clark factory. Uh, uh, people, people, of course, um, I, people think that I'm a great people person. The truth is I'm kind of an introvert and I'm, I'm disgusted by a lot of, uh, of humanity. So I'm not a great people person. Um, promotion, probably my thing. Uh, product is, is one of the P's, of course you're a product guy. Cause you every day look at what land trust does. Um, promotion of course, I think is paramount and then profit, meaning what's your money mind like. And I'd say that I'm probably a product promotion and profit minded person process and people are my absolute weaknesses. In fact, I don't even like to do process or people. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I, I like, I like people, profit, promotion, um, product, you know, and here's the thing as I build this company, find out what you're really good at. And it just like without working three jobs and trying to like, Oh, do something. you focus all your energy on the thing that you're really good at and be very good at it rather than do six things sort of well, that's not interesting to anybody. So I've been very fortunate to attract people to work with me who are very good at those other things that I'm not good at. I'm good at selling. And that's, you know, kind of like whether it be selling a vision to investors, to a team, to the market, like that's what I'm good at. And I need to focus my energies there and become very good at it and have other very good people who fill in those other gaps around. Um, answer me this. We've all made mistakes in your two years with this company. You got a mistake that you've made and learned from? Yes. Um, it went into, and this is something that is, I think, important to talk about with, especially folks who want to start businesses is with a, a, a an old co-founder mm-hmm. and a, a good friend of mine. And you know, we didn't have upfront, we didn't set expectations upfront from an equity, from that kind of perspective and just worked on it on the side, which again, I think is fine until you get to a place where you really have your conviction. And that because I didn't have tough conversations right when they should have been had, it, it was a poor outcome. You know, we separated ways and you know, that, that's, that was not an ideal outcome. Uh, it was the right decision for the business and the, in, in, at that time. But if I had made decisions differently earlier and having uncomfortable, I can't say I've had many of these experiences yeah. and talk to people who have, they avoid difficult conversations and it only gets worse. Mm-hmm. A difficult conversations today. When I notice, like, Ooh, you said that one thing, or you have this perception and I don't have that perception. We should address that right now. <clears throat> And if you let it go for anyone who's been in a relationship knows this, address it and then move on and make sure expectations and both people are aligned. So know that starting businesses, especially with friends or family or, you know, a lot of the people you end up trying to start a business with, you know, just nature, how these things work. 
You need to have very clear upfront expectations, role definitions, compensation conversations right away. And if there's any mis, if, if you're not aligned, you have the conversation right there, not six months from now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Uh, it's, it's a good mistake. Then it brings me to the other thing. That's a piece of advice. So the small biz, the, the, the person that's not here listening to this saying, um, what other piece of advice? So that was kind of a piece of advice. You got another piece of advice based on your uh, either things you've done right or things you've done wrong or lessons you've learned. I would say be sure you want to do the thing that you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Be, like be real sure. Cause again, it is, Oh, you get to work. You get to be your own boss. That's a burden. Yeah. Right. <laughs> boss right. is it removes responsibility. The hundred percent of the responsibility is on you yeah. to, to, to produce. And that there's a lot there. Well, you know, Nick, they say that whole thing about, well, 50% of businesses fail within five years. I'm like, I'm not sure that's even true, but let's just say that it, I think the more accurate thing is sometimes it's not failure. It's just give up. Like, I, Hey man, I'm, I'm not sure this is for me. So it's not like saying, Oh, you're a failure. Sometimes people are like, Hey, I tried this thing. Screw it, man. I'm going to go back to my, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that's about it, but I got one last question for you. Sure. What have we not covered? That's a business thing that you know that you you're like you know. There's a lot of folks. You you just said be committed to it and, and all that kind of stuff. You've you explained that, that it can be a burden. What what about the joy? What about the part that the, that maybe you know because you've done it that you see other people? What's that? Where's that? If you're fortunate, and I consider myself fortunate, you do do the journey, and I'm still very much in the journey. So I'm. I often say we're in minute two of the marathon. Um, but if you're fortunate, you found yourself and you've created this opportunity for yourself to work in a way in which brings you joy, passion, um, not passion, feel good. Everything's great all the time, but like something you care about and you get to work with people who, you know, fulfill you and compliment you and, and, and help you along. And then you bring this thing, you get that camaraderie and that aspect there. Uh, that there's a lot of fulfillment for me with mm -hmm. that. And, and look, it's a, I think it's a personality type too. I don't think entrepreneurship isn't this, we need to dispel the myths. Working for somebody or starting your own business are both good things and they both require each other. I can't have a company without other people. Right, employees, right? Yeah. So they're, they, they're symbiotic. Uh, but I do think that there is personality aspects that lend themselves to entrepreneurship more than others. And if you have those certain types of personality traits, then you will find fulfillment in doing this thing as long as it's well-conceived. Again, <laughs> don't go start a stupid company with a stupid product with no market. And that comes with the early selling, like, hey, talk to a bunch of people that you, <laughs> you want to sell this product to and see all the objections, field all of them, and come back to them and say, hey, I handle all these things. So <laughs> if you find that if you find that aspect and you make sure there's a well-conceived business here, you can find a lot of fulfillment. In it. There will be a lot of hardship, heartbreak, uh, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. But overall, it's very fulfilling. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I'm sure that somebody's listening saying, man, you just talked me out of it. I'm just going to stay with my job. No, because I think that's why we have to finish with this. There's a tremendous amount of I, my wife said to me a long time, she says, you know, one thing that you really are fortunate, she says, you know, she worked in corporate and she says, you see something, you see fruition. 
you see accomplishment. She says, there are people that go to a cubicle every day for their career. And at the end, they give them a watch and a going away cake or some damn thing. She says, they've not seen anything get accomplished. They've not seen anything come to fruition. They've not seen any of the fruits of their labor. Just you get feedback. And, uh, and I said, well, I get paychecks and I get, you know, I used to be in comedy. I write a joke on the airplane. I deliver it. I'd see laughter. She says, that's fulfilling. I said, Yes, which is one of my big goals. Wealth, fulfillment, location. I want money so that I can have then the independence. I want fulfillment so that I go to bed thinking, damn it, I did something today. And I want to be doing it somewhere that I want to live, like Paradise Valley, Arizona, or my farm in Indiana. I don't really want to be in Nome, Alaska. So um, your things, is that your thing? Wealth, fulfillment, location, does that sound pretty good to you? You're in Bozeman because you said, screw this, I'm not going to live in New York. Right. Self-determination is kind of one of those things. And uh you got to work hard for it. It's not given. If it was given, everyone would take it. That's right. uh, so, so absolutely enough. You know, I'm not sitting here like I need to make a billion dollars. No, I, I want to have financial freedom to be able to pursue the things that will bring me and my family happiness. You know, money from, and I don't, I'm not speaking from experience, but from knowing people with, who've done very well for themselves, money is just freedom to find things that can make you happy and free from the, you know, the kind of stress of having to pay bills and stuff, but it doesn't equal happiness. That's trite to say, but it just frees you to potentially find the things that do bring you happiness. So that's, 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 that's a very, it's a very accurate assessment is that it, um, the, the people that are very superficial that think money is going to make them happy. No. And things like Arizona, they're superficial people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. So no, it's, it's not about that. It's about fulfillment, but yes, the, the money part of it makes it so that you can do things more and more of your choosing, which I think is very important. So. Self-determination. That's it. Self-determination. His name's Nick DeCastro. If you want to learn more about him or his company, how do they find you? Uh, Landtrust.com. Just like it's spelled. You can, I don't really use, I don't have any social media. I haven't had it five, six years, but I have LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. You are, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. So if you're connected with me, you can find him, Nick DeCastro with no, no K on his, on his first name. All right. I really appreciate being here, sharing your journey. And, um, I, uh, I want to stay in touch with you. All right. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Damon. All right. Till next time it's the do business better podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of do business better, please share it. And be sure to connect with Damien on LinkedIn, like his Facebook fan page, and follow him on Instagram and Twitter. For speaking inquiries or to purchase Damien's books, Food Fear and Do Business Better, go to DamienMason.com. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Send us a message. We're always looking for compelling stories and business lessons our listeners can benefit from. Thank you. Thank you.